Koppel, host of the Time for Coffee podcast, where you get firsthand career advice into the jobs and industries that interest you the most. And before we start today's show, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you haven't already, I'd be incredibly grateful if you give us a rating and a review on iTunes. And if you're like me, you need to do it now because you'll forget later and because it's the best way to help others who may be in search of career advice to find this free resource. So press pause if you haven't done it and do it right now. I'll wait. Thanks so much and enjoy today's show. Hey there, Java Junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or ten minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini-episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career triple shot K-Cup with my guest, Marcus Chen. I was just interviewing someone else the other day who told me that they believe selling is actually a foundational skill no matter what job function you have, no matter what industry you work in, because at the end of the day, you need to be able to sell yourself, whether it's to get hired for a job, whether it's to get promoted, whether it's internally to sell your team on an idea if you're a leader or just a member of a team. Do you agree? 100%. Selling is simply being able to influence and communicate. That's really all it is. And this applies across the board, right? So whether you are a doctor selling to a patient while they need a certain prescription or procedure, if you are a parent selling to your kid why they do certain things or a teacher selling to a student or maybe some people say well i'm, I'm an accountant I, I don't do any selling that role well i guarantee you you probably sell certain concepts to your boss whether you want to sell a certain change in policy or change in procedure or to get a raise there's always going to be some sort of selling regardless i'll give you a real good example right my wife and I was the other day so Historically, you know, speaking or traditionally speaking, when you're calling into a when you have tech issues, you call an IT at your company and you're calling most of them, they're engineers. So maybe they're not as good at communicating, if you will. And usually it's not a good experience. But those who understand that they are selling their expertise, if you will, they can communicate really well and they can really communicate well and they can influence properly and and make that person feel very confident whatever they are doing is going to solve their IT issue. And you don't see that very often, but when they understand that's powerful. My wife just had a great experience with, with an IT engineer who was like just very communicative, good job influencing and really showcase how you can solve the problem. It took longer, but they got it done and she felt confidence in that person. So good. That she actually wrote like a like a reference letter to their boss saying, wow, amazing experience from so-and-so. But that's my point. When you understand selling is everywhere, it becomes a tool that you can really master and that can help you get further in your life, in your career, in your own happiness, in relationships, money, and everything that you do. Mm, great. 
So before we get into what you're doing now with the Venley Consulting Group, I thought maybe we could rewind the clock to when you were in college, Marcus. You went to the University of Oregon to the Lundquist College of Business, where you majored in marketing and Chinese. Did you know what you wanted to do with that major when you graduated? I had no idea. In fact, I was supposed to be an architect before all that. So, (laughs) yeah. So you just realize as you gain experience and knowledge and years on your life, you realize you're always constantly learning. And I remember when I graduated, I really had no idea what I was going to do. Now, I was really fortunate before I graduated because I was very worried about not having a job. I was interviewing nonstop like a madman. And I actually had five job offers on the table. And it was interesting because they range anywhere from a 29500 base salary to a $60,000 base salary. Anywhere from B2B sales to being an analyst in a bank. I mean, they were like all, like all, all over the place. And I remember I turned down all the jobs for the lowest base salary, the 29500 And that was a B2B sales role. And it wasn't because I was like, wow, I'm destined to be in sales. It wasn't. What was really, really important for me was I saw that as an opportunity to build as a startup division of enterprise, a startup division of major Fortune 500 company. It was an opportunity to build something from scratch because they had zero customers. It was brand new to Oregon. So it was being able to go out there and get new customers and build a business up. And I saw that as a huge opportunity not to learn about sales, but to learn how to build a business, to learn the ins and outs of the business, and also hopefully be promoted up the ranks. I figured, hey, if it's a startup, there's less barrier entry to get promoted up. And because I didn't know what I wanted to do, I'm like, that seemed like a good idea. But more importantly, I really trusted the director that was there because he had hired me as an intern when I was in the car rental side of business. I'm like, you know what? If I'm going to learn a lot about business and everything else in life, he's going to be a good person to follow. I really respect him. He's been really successful. I'm going to follow him. And also, whatever role he wants me to do, he gets you know cleaning like dumpsters. I'm like, okay, if I'm going to learn a lot working with you, I'm going to go do it, right? So I went for that opportunity. And it was interesting because... I remember telling everyone about this and everyone was very much against it. My parents were not supportive at all. And they're like, well, you didn't become an engineer. You didn't become an accountant or a doctor or a lawyer. Now you can go be in B2B sales. That's really hard. And the economy was falling apart, right? It was 2007. The recession was starting to hit business. 2007. Wow. So then they're like, this is a terrible decision. I'm like, I'm going all in. I'm going to do this. So I remember like... When I started, I realized pretty quickly I, I thought they were right. I'm like, this is like, this is just sales. Like, oh man, like, am I going to develop experience? And I was struggling because I made all these cold calls. I made all, I did all this work and I wasn't seeing any of the fruits of my labor. So it took me a while to really figure out and realize that I was in BB sales. And of course, I fortunately figured it out, started having success, got promoted multiple times. And I remember at that point, it was years later, 2011. So this is at this point, four years after I graduated and I was running a team. We were one of the top operations in the company. And I was like, hmm, can I do this somewhere else? Am I able to, to repeat what I did? Maybe I got lucky. And I wanted to go see if I can do it somewhere else. So that's why I found Sintas Corporation. I went over there and I started, I took a two-step demotion down. So I started back over basically to go back and see if I could redo it again. And that was in B2B sales. And what was really interesting was only when I was able to repeat my success again, was I willing to admit I was in B2B sales. Because literally for at the longest time, I remember, I remember being like 2010, 2011, and I would see family somewhere. Oh, hey, you still doing a sales thing? 
Yes, I am. <laughs> I'm still doing that sales thing, right? What do you really want to do? I'm like, nope, this is what I want to do, right? But it took me years to get to a point of being 100% confident in what I do to be able to state I'll proudly in B2B sales. So that took me a while to get to that point, but it was also really worked out for me. I didn't give up. It was ups and downs like anything else, but it became such a lucrative career, not just from a financial perspective, but also from a skill perspective and also who I became. So that's why it's key to understand and see sales as a journey, not just as a job. What a great story. And you were also recruited going back to college there for that paid summer internship at Enterprise Rental Car. It was a training program and you were eventually promoted to be branch manager. So that was during the, I guess, was it five years or so that you were at Enterprise? So yeah, yeah, it started as an internship first. I did two years as an intern, right? They promoted me in between there to like another, you know, cooler role. And Mm -hmm. then when I graduated, I was able to get into the other division. And then, so that was like 2007. And then I had multiple promotions. So even full-time in 2007, took me one year from basically full-time employee, if you will, to get to branch manager about one year. If you could break it down for our listeners, Marcus, What do you think the secret sauce is to getting those promotions and being successful on the job? You mentioned that you kind of hitched your wagon to someone you admired, somebody who had a lot more experience than you did, who you could learn from. But what else did you consistently go above and beyond? Were you always going back asking for more work? What would you say would be the the ingredients to becoming yeah. successful? So there's, there's multiple ingredients for sure, right? Number one, you must be massively successful in the current role you're in. That's number one. So whatever role you're in, it didn't matter. So when I, when I first started as a B2B salesperson, like even though I struggled, but don't allow your struggles to be an obstacle for your success. Figure a way through, around, or over the obstacle. It's number one. And that could be acquiring knowledge, paying for knowledge, going out there, doing it, right? Getting mentors, whatever. Find a way to overcome whatever obstacle you have so you can be really successful. That's a minimum requirement to get promoted. To get promoted, you have to be really good at your job, right? Because no one wants to promote the person who's doing terrible, just so you know. Okay, so number one, I do really good at your job. Uh, number two, do more than your job asks. I mean, it's, it seems so simple, right? So for example, a good, good example. So when I changed company in 2011 to a whole new company, now no one knew my background. They didn't care. They didn't care about the multi-million dollar business I built. They didn't care about my promotion. They didn't care. Hey, all, the, all they're like, hey, you're a new guy. What can you do for us? Right? And I remember the very first week I went to my boss. He said, I want you to go and knock on doors. I said, which is like, you know, physically walk into business. I'm like, okay, cool. He's like, I'm like, how many businesses should I walk into? He's like, everyone does at least, does about a hundred or so at the most. Do at least a hundred. Okay, no problem. I walked in over 300 businesses by foot that week. And I came back and my boss was like, it was Friday afternoon, right? And everyone, everyone would cut out early on a Friday afternoon. I made sure I went back to the office. It was like 4.35, right? I'm, I made, I'm just taking care of stuff in my first week there. My boss sees me. I'm in the bullpen. He's like, oh, oh, you're here. I'm like, I'm just wrapping everything up. Hope you don't mind. He's like, no, it's, it's awesome. How was your week? I'm like, oh, pretty good. And he's like, so how many places did you walk into? And I'm like, I did over 300. He's like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah, I did over 300. He's like, no, you didn't. I'm like, well, you told me 100. I wanted to exceed your expectations, so I did 300. 
He's like, no, he didn't. I go to my car. So I already pre-organized it by um, geographic area, by also warmest of the lead into a shoebox. And like he shoebox, I opened it up, I showed him. He's like, oh, wow. He's like, how did you do that? I'm like, by foot? <laughs> oh, it was very easy. I geographically targeted it all out. I went one by one, went to every single business, right? I booked 20 meetings over the, over the week. This is what next looks like. He's like, holy crap. And I shared that. It wasn't about showing off, but it was about over-delivering, right? Even what was expected of me, over-delivering. And then on top of that, as you are doing your roles well, being able to help other people make them better. So that I started to realize, I'm like, hey, you know what? Like I started having success and I saw some of my peers, they were not having success. I didn't wait for someone to say, hey, go, Marcus, go help them. I pulled them aside, hey, listen, can I give you a little bit of feedback? Go, sure. Like, can I show you a couple different things? I think you, you can tweak, it's going to get you better results. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And I would show them and they started getting results, right? And that was really key. And different multiple people. And on top of that, Here's the thing. You can't just do it without making sure someone knows about it, right? Because you have to be your, your best cheerleader. But it wasn't like, hey, look what I did, boss. I went to my boss and said, hey, listen, I showed you know I showed Johnny how I'm doing things. This is how I have this close ratio here. I think it'd be really helpful if I trained the whole team, if you're open to it. Yeah. I'll put together PowerPoint. Is there anything you don't want me to talk about? No. Just, I'm going to do it. Cool. So now I'm making my boss's job easier. I'm training his people. So I'm removing pain and adding pleasure into the life of my boss by being that go-to person, right? Those type of things. And then, of course, that goes really, really well. What do I do next? I went to my boss's boss. <laughs> okay, same thing. So now I'm building a reputation in a very short amount of time that I'm more than just an employee, that I'm willing to be a leader to do things that are beyond what everyone else is doing and do it consistently, and that's how you start standing out. I'll give another example, right? So I just got promoted to be a salesman, one of the fastest promotions in the history of the company, nine months. I'm running in Cintas. This is Cintas, yeah. This exactly. is Cintas. This is a yes. Fortune 500 Correct. company. Correct. So I became a sales manager in, in nine months, right? Which usually takes about three to five years, to nine months. And it was interesting because I remember the first leadership call we had. My VP, he's like, he has 12 sales managers report into him. And he's like, all right, everybody, like, you know, we have this new press of Marcus. He's a new guy, whatever. Okay. And then later on in that same sales meeting, he's like, hey, listen, we have a new project on competitive intelligence. I need someone to own that and be able to distribute on a quarterly basis a breakdown of the competitors, like a SWOT analysis, strength, weaknesses, opportunities, threats. Any takers, I raise man, I'll do it, boss. I got you. Now he's probably like, God, freaking Brown knows her chan, like, new guy, like, trying to say, he's like, well, he, he texted me later. I didn't expect you, you're brand new to the job. I'm like, don't worry, I got you. I'll take care of it. So I made sure now I over-delivered as well. I mean, it went so well that I became their, his competitive intelligence for four years in a row. And it became like this nationwide spread across the board because people were like, what are they doing? They're, it's like, they know the intel. They know the competition is better than anybody else out there. So I started building influence as well and doing these type of things. What I also started doing as well was I also started uncovering what was most important to my boss and boss's boss's boss, their goals, their drivers, their opportunities, whatever. And I made sure I fulfilled them for them. Right. So whatever they're working towards, whatever areas I knew I could help serve them to make them look better, I would do. So, for example, like I'll give you a really simple one. So I knew my boss. He loved to make sure he got recognition from his boss, the president of the company. So when I was going to corporate, I said, hey, boss, listen, I want to make sure I built the right connections when I'm at corporate. Who should I have lunch with? He said, maybe my boss. I said, lunch with his boss. Right. 
And in the conversation, I strategically place specific things that I'll bring up to make my boss look really good, right? So now I'm making sure I'm working every single angle to best position myself, right? So when opportunities show up, I'm the first go-to. But those are a couple of things I did to navigate the corporate environment of the ladder, if you will, or the jungle gym, whatever you want to call it. And on top of that, being able to do my job very well and also do my boss's job really well as well. So you do all these things together. It positions you to be like, okay, this dude is a winner. This gal's a winner. Let's freaking promote this person the fastest possible because they can impact more people by letting them run free. Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to this latest episode of T4C. And if you're interested in learning more about my coaching services for confused college students and recent grads, feel free to check out the Time for Coffee website under the coaching tab at time, the number four, coffee.org or text me at 202-236-5712. That's 202-236-5712. Thank you.